families, the teachers, the students that are realizing that a system built to divide, impoverish, and destroy us cannot stand if we do it. Do. All right? It's kind of basic mathematics. If you hear me, could you feel me? Could you free me? Wonder if I made a difference or made a difference. But that we are the difference. We ain't got no clue to decide. I would never call you trife You my brother, man Though they night and fork out meals Then cop the silly fields Yep, it's slimy, kinda grimy Miscalculated the timing But you can't plagiarize Something in the sky Then think we have no eyes to see Something real as we This is seriously who we be <laughs> See, this here is true indeed The real deal, very bread Like collard greens and cornbread Can't recite what's never said Purpose keeps us fed Real man this is Grand A Hope Fed But still, you are my brother Above you there's no other Blood or something other More like what the blood covers Man, no matter what they say We good all this way This is positivity and making Of brothers to break What's going on, everybody? It's yeah. Thursday, so you know what that means. It's Brother Empowerment Day. Exactly. So if this is your first time watching the show, the very first thing you need to know, this is not one of those bashing shows. This is not one of them shows telling brothers what they should or shouldn't do, but this is a show where we uplift one another, have an engaging conversations, hoping that brothers and their families will take something away from this to make them feel good. Our whole thing is helping our brothers to break through without breaking and having enlightening, engaging conversations. I know you guys already see our wonderful guests, but before we introduce them, bro, how was your week? Uh, my week so far, man, has been uh, cold because it did <laughs> snow today. And anytime you see snow, unless it's fake, that means that it's cold. So the week has been cold. Um, let's see. The whole week been cold. One yes. day made the whole week. No, the whole week has been cold. Yes, the whole week has been cold. The whole entire week. But no, this week has been this week has been pretty chill. No pun intended. You know, it's been just really, you know, really just chill. I've been you know, making sure I stay active and I work out. Um, I did uh, this past weekend. I did fly to Tampa to attend my cousin's funeral. Um, Sorry about that. Yeah, thanks, man. She died of cancer. Um, she was fifty-eight years young. So that was something that was really kind of sobering but outside of that man it's been it's been it's been pretty good it makes like i said make sure that i stay active and that really helps i'm a workout junkie so when i don't like when i don't work out it kind of throws me off kilter so as long as i'm staying active it helps to regulate my emotions and just keep me just keep my mind like steady so other than that man, this week has been you know it's been pretty good so yeah how about you man my week hasn't been sad <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. I'm sorry about that one. But yeah, um, a lot of great things happen. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my 40 year old gift to myself was to become a rapper. Yeah. So I went in the studio because Jay got bars. Jay the rapper. <laughs> Jay Payne. Jay Dizzle. <laughs> Jay has bars. So I went into the studio on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I laid down some tracks and I'm waiting for. To make some you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For the platinum 
hit, new hit single to come through. <laughs> so I'm waiting on that one. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going through a total midlife crisis. Then I got a dope haircut again. Mm-hmm. Word. Yep. Yeah. Sunday, I was I was challenged with a great dilemma. Um, I was offered a job out of state. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dude, should I take it? Should I not? Should I blah, blah, blah? And be like, nope. We're going to stick to Love is a Parable right now because it's doing great for us and mm-hmm. no distractions. Yeah. Um, if something else happened, what else happened? Something else happened this week. Went near the studio. We started the class. Cohort number eight. Cohort number, is it eight? Yes. Cohort eight. number eight just started on Monday. Yep, that's right. That is like amazing. I can't believe I forgot that. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, and then we're also excited because tomorrow, for those who don't know, we're going to have James Green on the show. Used to be known as Woody from Drew Hill, Mm -hmm. along with our resident voter education guy, Ricky, is going to be in with us. So it's going to be a special brother empowerment Mm -hmm. tomorrow. Then we got our podcast. Our podcast is still going live, so you can get all of these wonderful things happening at the same thing. I mean, at the same time. And then we got 360 degrees of success and fulfillment. Those downloads are still available as well. So, yeah, that was my week. So now I'm going to turn it over to our special guest, and we'll just go from top to bottom. Lenore, tell the beautiful people who you are, who you is, who you be. Mm -hmm. I am Lenore Lasser of Lenore Forest. I am the people builder. And I help build people, I help pour into the lives of people so they can utilize their gifts and talents to make an impact in the world and allow them to turn their camps into cans and just live life in total purpose. So that is who I am, Lenora Lasser, the people builder. And that hair is flowing. It's like, mm-hmm. you got a built-in fan or something, Beyonce? Because this is blowing as you're talking. What's your music video? <laughs> Don't be out doing us on our show, man. I'm trying to tell you. I'm not okay. trying to do that. <laughs> she said it's effortless. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Tell the people who you are, who you be, who you is. I don't know how to follow that. Uh, no, um, my name is Kate Davis. I'm the executive director of the Fuquay Brina Chamber of Commerce. Awesome. That's it. Nutshell. Mm-hmm. Is that all? You're not going to tell them how much I mean, that's day job. What do, you, what do you want to know? I got words today. You're big on inclusion initiatives as well. Uh, yes, I am. We started our, yes, we started a DEI council this year as part of a new initiative. Um, I've worked closely with the Cultural Art Society of Fuquay. Um, those ladies and gentlemen have done some wonderful things, and I've been grateful to be a part of it. Thank you. Last but not least. Excellent. Yes, yes. Hi, everyone. It is so good to be here. I'm Tracy Phillips. I am the Nate coach. I am an executive leadership and performance coach to visionaries and visionaries are a very special breed of people and they need a different way of of kind of being guided to their best selves and so they can stay in their lane and find the right people to help them to do so. So that's that's what I do. That is my day job. (laughs) It's my night job. It's my all time job. I help people come back home to themselves because I think we've been, you know, kind of guided in different directions. And and in this day and age, that's especially important. So, yeah, I actually um, I'm so grateful for all of you guys been on because you guys are definitely 
so needed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was telling Kate the other day, like she is so not the executive director. Like she doesn't come across. I'm Kate, the executive director. She comes around with your homegirl ready to march with you. Mm-hmm. And then talking about being a coach is like tapping into returning to who you are organically. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how I feel about who you are organically. Yep. And we connected at day one. And then Lenore is going to make you build in all areas of your life with that essence of who you are. So I'm excited. But, bro, before we get into our statistics, you're going to welcome my guests. Say everybody we got on. It's a billion people. Yeah, so I'm going to say right now, if I don't say your name, please drop a comment so we can shout you out. Here we go. So we have Stevie G. Warden is on. What's up, Stevie, bro? What's going on, Stevie? We got Reese Davis is on. Hey, Reese. Let's see. We got Sherry is on. Hey, Hey, Sherry. Let's see. We we have Brianna is on. Hey, Brianna. Brianna, excuse me. It's Brianna. Well, no, she said it twice. (laughs) <laughs> see we got we got Tadao's on what's up Tadao man what's going on today? we got my sister Lita's on hey sis oh you going real fast I can even see I'm just going to go through the comments whatever you say go yeah we got um, we got Roderick on what's up Roderick man what's going on Roderick we got Mona is on hey Mona let's see who else we got Chanel is on hey Chanel we have my mom aka Mama Jackie on hey mom our hey what, what, wait what you, you just be stingy with your family. <laughs> what? We have Cassandra's all. What's up, Cassandra? Ricky is from YouTube land. Yeah, that's right. We do have Ricky on. What's up, Ricky? Um, let's see who else. We got Rick Owen is on. We have Paris is on. We have Elijah's on. What's up, E? What's going on, E? Let's see. Who else we have? We have Rashia's on. What's up, Rashia? Sean is in YouTube land, too. What's up, Sean? Let's see. We got Tara's on. Hey, sis. And uh, I think that's everybody. Oh, we got we got our resident fact checker that's on. What's up, Bruce? <laughs> I just saw him log in. What's going on, Bruce? <laughs> oh, we got hey, Leah. <laughs> they still going up. Kate, so humble. She's see. Look, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Cassandra. They still coming in. Okay. We I think we made it through all of them. So that's not too bad. So let's talk about some things first. Researchers have found that one in six men have experienced sexual abuse or assault, whether in childhood or as adults. Rape of males. A CDC study found that in the U.S., one in 71 men have been raped or suffered an attempt within their lifetime. The same study found that approximately one in 21 or 4.8 percent of men in a survey had been made to penetrate someone else, usually an intimate partner or an acquaintance. Men die by suicide 3.5.3, I mean 3.53 times more often than women. One in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical, physical violence by an intimate partner. Teenage boys are four times more likely than girls to drop out of school and represent more than 75% of the children referred to special education in the U.S. Homeownership is lower for black college graduates than white high school dropouts. A lot of discussions, I mean, a lot of statistics out there, right? Any, any thoughts about any of that before we get into the topics? I'm a mom of two boys, so my first thought is always that that is just terrifying to read. I mean, truly terrifying. I've also had an experience with sexual assault. Most women have. So to think that 
I have to now worry about that for my little boys is, is a whole different conversation completely. And one that isn't had often enough. I mean, you read that and it's, I think it hits all of us pretty hard. So um, yeah, that's, and then to, to switch gears and say that we are also, you know, thrown out this, this statistic about housing and maybe not putting enough importance on, on teaching people what it is to have finances that are, you know, strong. Um, to have the backing that you need to be able to feel like you can afford to buy a home or that you even know what the process is. It's really intimidating for some people. So that's just my off the cuff. There's a lot to unpack there. So we could probably speak an hour on just those. And that is yes, very I, would, much I would agree with, with Kate, if I can jump in too, because, uh -huh. you know, coming from my, my first career was as a teacher and I worked at an all boys school. And that within itself was was an educational experience. But, you know, those boys, it always amazed me that in the at the elementary school level, which is where I was, you know, we we treated boys and girls relatively the same. But as soon as we got to that middle school age, suddenly boys were expected to be the little men. You know, they'd come back and visit and it was like, oh, those little boys aren't little boys anymore. Right. Just with one year in between. And, you know, I think we really do a disservice a lot where we raise our, our boys to think that they're here to provide, protect and serve, you know, and their identity is around that. And it's really hard. You know, when I work with my male clients, a lot of times asking them what they want and really tapping into that place is it, it doesn't occur to them sometimes. Right. Because, again, that identity isn't about the me. It's about me as a service to the world. And I don't exist beyond that protecting, providing the serving piece. So I think that, you know, from an identity standpoint, a lot of these other things we're talking about can roll out because when we when we haven't identified ourselves as a unique human soul and being first and not the gender we are and what that means to the rest of the world, we can get lost really easily. Mm -hmm. I definitely you know? agree with you because um, like most cases aren't reported. Mm -hmm. And um, when we talk about those statistics, like I was a victim, I was molested at 11 and I didn't report mine. And there's so many men that I know who didn't report it because there's a stigma um, associated with victimization. And so um, we have to create safe spaces for people can and need to be able to get the help that they deserve. You're about to say something, Lenore? Yeah, I was just going to say those are some very staggering statistics. And I think it's also very essential that parents start having a conversation with their children at a very very young age you know disclaimer i don't have any children but i think having the conversation as soon as they can talk start having conversations about their body parts what yep. should not be touched and make them feel comfortable in sharing that information to to the parent or to an adult those things of that nature and parents have to be careful as far as who they leave their children with my sister and I was having a conversation the other day and we were like, our parents were very strict. And sometimes we couldn't understand why they wouldn't allow us to go stay over someone's house or visit, you know, family, you know, we, we, we couldn't understand that. But now I'm like very, very grateful saying thank you, mom and dad for kind of being a little bit overprotective in that particular area because there are perpetrators out there and they're plaguing on young children. They're plaguing on, you know, boys as much as girls. So it's very important, I think, to have those conversations at a very young age. And also in regards to home ownership, that's the American dream. And I think just educating individuals, especially within the black community, about how home ownership is obtainable. 
sometimes people think you have to have this astronomical credit score, but a lot of times there's different programs out there where you don't have to have an astronomical credit store score in order to obtain home ownership because they have USDA loans. If you want to live in a rural area, the interest rates and things of that nature are very affordable for some individuals. I definitely agree. We have Shantika. Um, she just came in from YouTube land. And we had Aaliyah who was agreeing with you saying, yeah, please talk about it. Let's use proper names. Mm -hmm. And um, look, our brother, Elo is in the house. <laughs> um, and we do need to take a moment to definitely recognize the transition of the great Cicely Tyson. Yeah, yeah, turning her room key at the tender age of 99. Thank you for all the things you did to, for us, Cicely. Thank you for being the example. Thank you for being a leader. We appreciate you. Mm -hmm. And then um, Bruce Lee wrote a Facebook jail, but he can comment, which we're great because he's our <laughs> resident. <laughs> and we can't have our facts. And I was going to say, um, Lenora and um, Sherry beat me to it. You are the person to talk to about it, especially here, because you are the um, you're a realtor. You're a licensed realtor. So you know that. And it only is befitting because you are the people builder. Mm -hmm. So you help them build in every area of their life. We yeah. got Superman on. What's up, Kerwin? Man? What's up, Kerwin? What's Thank up, you for the Kerwin? service. And oh, I was corrected. Um, Chanel said she was 96. Well, still, thank you the same. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so let's get back into these discussion topics. What can we do to bridge intergenerational and interracial gaps? Woo! Who gonna hit that one? Don't look at me. I don't know. I always started off, so I was gonna let one of the other ladies go, but I think you're doing it now. I think we're doing it now. Yes. I mean, having these conversations, that's the first step, right? And it has to go beyond that. I think we all understand that. There have to be actionable items that come from the conversations, but you can't act if you haven't even heard the other person's side of things, if you haven't had the conversation. So I think this is the first step for sure. And I think, you know, we, we really are so quick to, to categorize, you know, we're trying to figure out where the other person is coming from and what, and a lot of assumptions, I find that especially when talking to clients who have employees of different, um, you know, different generations, you know, we, you know, one generation doesn't understand the other generation. And so they're like, well, they, 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 and we're just constantly categorizing, you know, I think in ways that we don't even realize sometimes. And so I think to try to just be mindful, I mean, we can only start with ourselves, you know, so putting too many expectations on what we're going to do on a larger scale. I think a lot of times we're putting the cart before the horse. You know, uh, one of the things I find in doing diversity and, and inclusion, you know, trainings is that we're talking all about how wonderful and how much we need this. But, you know, then you go on social media and you see the way people treat one another where they're either shutting one another down or they're walking away from the conversation. And if we can't be more comfortable with other people's perspectives and where they're coming from and just like, you know, like uh, Kate just said, you know, be willing to listen before we speak you know, that we're not going to get there. You know, we have to be able to be uncomfortable with, you know, different perspectives from ourselves first before we're going to be able to make room for that and include that. So I think that, you know, maybe just taking the smaller steps and it starts, like I said, it starts with ourselves and where we can catch ourselves in, in those places where we may not be doing that and we may be creating gaps. And I also add that it's very important to have 
genuine conversations. Mm -hmm. And after you have those genuine conversations, allow the actions from those conversations to materialize. Because yep. you have a lot of people who may get into the discussions as far as things that are taking place within um, different cultures, things that are uh, taking place between different age groups. And after the conversation is had, that person goes right back with those limited beliefs and you don't really see any type of change in that person's behavior. So that's why I say have very genuine conversations and be open to listen as was already stated. That's very essential too, because I hear a lot of times people when a conversation about diversity and inclusion takes place, they'll provide feedback, but then as you scroll down their social media page, you're like, what in the world? So mm -hmm. you wanna make sure that you're being very authentic in your conversation, not only that, but also in your behavior. And not making assumptions. I think Tracy mentioned that, like not assuming that, and even a really simple example recently, I'm working with a, a girl who's a millennial, she's a younger millennial, and we were having a social media conversation because I hate being the one to manage the social media. I'll say it. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I try and step back from that as often as I can. And here she is telling me, oh, my God, I hate social media. I don't want to be the one to run this. And we have a woman who is in her 60s that is all in it. And just that that assumption right there that, that the younger generation wants to take the charge in this and that the older doesn't. Older women get passed up for things like that all the time because we assume that they don't have the understanding, they don't have the capability or the desire to work with those platforms when in fact I have seen it witnessed just this week that that's not the case. So not bringing those assumptions, not putting people in boxes like Tracy was saying, um, will go a long way. And I think when Lenora was talking about having those, you know, those real solid conversations, I like to, you know, talk about them in terms of crucial conversations, you know, some really great resources if people are ever looking for them. Brene Brown is a great resource in her Dare to Lead. She talks about rumble language and having those difficult conversations. I think a lot of times people think it can be controversial or, you know, a, a challenge, you know, that we, we assume it's going to be harder than it really is. But if we have the right language and how to approach asking, right, because a lot of people don't know how to do that in a way that is, is smooth, not awkward, and also not, not offensive. Um, and so that's one, and also the book Crucial Conversations, which is also its own program, and it's exactly about that, having conversations and communication, which really conversation is about connection more than anything. So mm -hmm. is am I leading from a place of connection, right? My husband was having a conversation with a guy the other day on Facebook who was just trying to be right. And he says, you know, I'm just wondering what your why is. Are you trying to bring us closer together or you just need to be right on this one? So I yeah. think sometimes, you know, asking what ourselves and then sometimes if it's necessary, one another, like, where are we going with this? Is mm -hmm. this conversation, you know, is your intention to bring us closer together or do you just need to look good, be right, be safe or be comfortable? Or right. you're just waiting for your turn to speak even. Yep. Right. right. If you're not really listening to the other person, you're just waiting for them to stop so you can then make right. your point. Mm -hmm. hey, you guys got we're getting a lot of good things most of it was echoing what you were saying but some of them were saying we need to um open we need to be open to learn and embrace mm -hmm. other cultures mm -hmm. um you get you get a couple of um amen's doing it right from sherry um we need to stop demonizing what we don't understand mm -hmm. um sharing examples 
so others can see it from your experiences to bridge those gaps. Because a lot of people are just just oblivious. Yeah, yeah. Stephanie said most people listen to respond or listen to only hear what validates their preconceived thoughts and beliefs. Yes, be open. Brandy said this is so good and timely. Tara said without an uncovering, people think the limited views only belong to the other person. That's why they don't change behaviors. There is no ownership in the problem. Crucial conversations. I said the same thing. I love Mm -hmm. that you said it, Tracy. And then um, Lolita said, I'm currently taking the crucial conversations training at my job and I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. You about to say something, bro? No, yeah, I was just going to touch on well them individually, but as far as the intergenerational, I think, and we've talked about it here multiple weeks, probably in a row. I think one of the things for intergeneration, the intergenerational gap, is the the lack of respect um, when when the conversations are supposed to happen on either side. You have people from an old, the older generation think just because they're older that they're automatically, you know, kind of enshrined in this elder statesman elder kind of role and the fact is they're not if you were just some people are just blessed or fortunate enough to have gotten old but they're not elders you have to earn that title it's one of the things that i've I've heard a couple years ago three years ago to be exact and that really stuck with me i heard about i heard it from a sister that i follow on instagram she was like there's way too many people who think that because they're old or they got older that they're elders and you're not you have to earn that title you know by pouring into the the younger generations and your peers and having the respect and also respecting them. So I think that's the I think that's one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing that contributes to the intergenerational gap is the lack of respect. Because if you don't come to the table with it, you're not gonna get it from someone else. Because if you don't if you automatically think because you're older that someone is supposed to listen to you just because they're younger, what you're not really you're not really proving anything aside from you have a limited belief or restrictive ideology or an assumptive thought and as far as the interracial gap that is also is also respecting but also i think it's also realizing certain groups realize that they have privilege and realizing and using that to to improve situations or or help the problem and not just center themselves and their feelings but realize there is a problem they do have privilege and be a part of the solution or just back up and let other people take care of this. Right. Center themselves. So I think, yeah, that's my sense. I would add, just add to that is that we need to stop confusing variety with diversity. Mm -hmm. Just because there's a variety of people in a room, that doesn't mean it's diversity. Mm -hmm. Diversity is the variations within those varieties. And an appreciation for those variations. Let's not lump us together because there are a lot of there are a lot of stigmas that we have associated with diversity. Oh, I went in there. It was a mixed crowd. But let's be honest. You can get some people, no matter the racial background, if they come from the same exact area, the culture is the same. So there is no true culture, diversity or appreciation within that room. You just have a variety of races. And so this is the biggest assumptive thinking. People within their intra-racial groups assume that they don't need 
culture diversity when really you are the biggest aggressors of the reason why it's needed. Because we assume just because I'm a black man, I am not like a black man from up north. A black man from up north have his own culture and he brings something totally different from the to the table. I am from Augusta, Georgia. Don't assume that just because I'm from Georgia, I'm the same as a black man from Atlanta. No, that man from Atlanta, that's from North Atlanta, that is closer to the mountains, they have a different culture. And it's our responsibility to appreciate that. And then we can cross racial lines. Stop just putting a whole bunch of people in a um, in a group because it's showing how ignorant a lot of us really are. Ooh, we got white people and black people. And guess what? Diversity and white and black. They ain't the only people because white and black only exist in America. We the only ones with a racial system. We need ethnicity. We need a better understanding. So if you really want to bridge these gaps, educate yourself before you open your mouth. Okay. Can I ask a question of all of you? Because I look at it really is it's not about I see the when we look at race, when we look at at, um, you know, from the ethnicity standpoint. But if you look at any of the stuff we can see, right, whether it's gender, whether it's sexual you know, orientation, whether it's religion, whether it's politics, whatever we want to look at, I see that as kind of the superficial. What, what I really feel it is, it's, it's a diversity of perspective. And if you think about it, every single human being has a different perspective because each of us have had different experiences in different ways. And that puzzle piece is unique, like a unicorn, right? So if we can learn to, to look at it from diversity of perspective, then it doesn't, the rest of it doesn't matter. We're learning to, to orient ourselves towards leaning into someone else's way of living life and through that lens, having a different way of making sense of the world, right? So I, else's human experience, right? Your experience as a human being and what that means and what that brings to the table. Yes. That's really good. I'm sorry, and it's great for everybody because everybody's going to have a different perspective than I do. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. We have to do this every show. Shut up, Sherry. See, that's 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 appreciation. That's what we have to do every show. That's my sister too. Um, Harold came on to say a very informative discussion. We have to learn to respect other people's opinions and thoughts. Respect is earned, not given. That's my husband. Yeah. Oh. It's not um, older, not necessarily wiser, right? Yeah, like you're older, yeah. you're not necessarily wiser. That doesn't and mean can, the same. And working toward knowing what the fact is over opinion. Sorry about that. Go ahead. That's what I was going to say earlier, um, just to echo what Kate just stated. Just because someone is older, that does not necessarily make make them being mature minded. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make them feel like you know they have more wisdom than someone who is younger. You have some older people who are just as I'm just keeping real, just as foolish mm-hmm. as some teenagers, and you're like, "My goodness, how old are you?" But they have not matured in certain areas yet. But you have some people who may be millennials, or you know, the other generations who are younger than the millennials, generation Z, X. I don't know all those generations, but anywho, they have a maturity level that supersedes a baby boom. So mm-hmm. I think we also have to keep in perspective that we cannot align wisdom with an age group. 
Right. But we have to align it to a level of maturity based upon experience and also knowledge and that understanding as well. So I just want to bring that out. Yeah, that's really true because diversity is also education and awareness. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people don't really understand that either. Like, because we talk about misnomers a lot, right? Where you're always a child, you learn how to be an adult. You never stop being a child. Adulting is the thing that you learn, and adulting is relative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So don't take the time to understand cultural diversity because you don't even appreciate the diversity that's within you. There are certain things that you're skilled in, that you excel in, and there are certain areas you're novice to. Right. If you can't even appreciate your weaknesses, how can you appreciate the strengths or the beauty of somebody else? You gotta love yourself first. Right. Or yourself, right? If you can't if you can't embrace your weaknesses, it's really hard to authentically embrace your strengths. Listen. Yeah, that's right. Um, there is no correlation between age and wisdom or maturity. Diversity, education, wellness. Oh, <laughs> Kim person is on. Appreciate the diversity in yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we go out there and teach people, but we don't even like, like, think about it. We look at things like we have people who judge people about beauty, right? Mm-hmm. Makeup. Oh, you shouldn't do that. You should appreciate your, you should appreciate your natural looks. Makeup is a beauty enhancement. Mm-hmm. They don't wear it because they ugly. They wear it because they're beautiful. Beauty <laughs> enhancement. That's what it is. Yeah. But because you don't have diversity of thought, you come assuming that you know, and that's not what it's called. That's why it's called a beauty section. You have the right to choose. Like Alicia Keys, for example, went through this, I'm not wearing makeup. And there's a story, I can't remember where I saw this, but she was on The Voice. And Adam Levine Levine caught her mm-hmm. putting some lipstick on one time. He's like, whoa, I thought Alicia Keys doesn't wear makeup. And she's like, Alicia Keys does whatever the hell she wants. And it's that, right? That ability to say, no, as a whole, I don't. But today, I feel like putting some lipstick on. So back up. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. I'm going to be in touch with who I really am and show that. Like, that's powerful. That's what I love about what Tracy said about perspective. Um, I love having a very in perspective, but true culture diversity is not me policing her perspectives. Mm -hmm. I can stimulate your perspectives. What I can do is appreciate what you bring to the table and be like, why well, I didn't even think about it that way. Um, and I think that that's where we're missing. I think everybody is looking at us as much, is looking at us like we are a smorgasbord or a potluck versus a buffet. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to bring to the table? Yeah. No, the I table is prepared. Just sit down and eat. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to do that. We want to take charge of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to understand it either, and we don't even have to like it to have reverence for it. Right. That's the biggest piece is that when we have reverence for other human beings, I mean, we could totally see completely opposite and be like to the point where it's like, I see completely opposite of what you're saying. I do not agree at all with where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. But I have deep reverence for the fact that that's your perspective and that that has been your your life experience. And as a human being, the right to that perspective, because I think that starts to fall into hum- the human, you know, our right to like freedom of speech, for example, which is really starting to, you know, change in this country as well. You know, it's like freedom of speech isn't, you know, I have the freedom to speak. And if you say something that offends me, you don't. 
Mm-hmm. Right. right. Like, that's not what that is. And I think right. that it's starting to, I don't know if any of you have read the book, The Coddling of the American Mind, but just kind of looking at some of the safetyism and, you know, fragility that's been going on, you know, in, in the generations coming up. But I see it across the board is that, you know, as long as you're not offending me, you can speak. It's like, that's, that, that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Right. It's no, not I- my job to make sure you're comfortable. It's your job to learn how to be comfortable in yourself. And there's going to be people who are going to say things that from their perspective that you don't agree with and it makes you feel uncomfortable. But I think that's where when we get solid within ourselves and we know our truth and we we are strong in our perspectives without feeling we have to enforce those on the world, then we don't worry about other people's perspectives being enforced on us. That's that's real good. Harold said um, diversity gives you access to a greater range of talent, not just a talent that belongs to a particular worldview or ethnicity or some restricting definition. Mm -hmm. It helps provide insight into the needs and motivations of all of the people. You better cut through, Harold. That's a term. Make them more proud. Gotta embrace both your strength and your weakness. Yes. Appreciate the um, authenticity in yourself. I thought I was gonna mess that up. Yes, for makeup enhance me. I'm still beautiful with it. Or there we go. Mm-hmm. Right. Say confident in ourselves. I like that. No, no, nah. Some makeovers aren't enhancements. Some makeovers are witchcraft. <laughs> I disagree with that. I mean, I disagree because some people, people do what they like. And a lot of times we assume that they're doing it to make you feel good. They're doing it to make themselves feel good. And I think that that's also the beauty of people. If you can do makeup so good that you can look like somebody that you're not and switch it up again, Man, that's awesome, but nobody's looking at that person saying, if you can do that to faces, imagine what you can do on canvases. Mm-hmm. But what we do is demonize them for doing that to themselves, but guess what? There are several people that don't like the way that they look. Mm-hmm. Imagine what they can do for somebody's self-esteem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We gotta get to that place where we start looking at the beauty of what they're doing. Not assuming that just because it's different, it's manipulative or deceitful because it's a lot of people that are hurting because they wish that they could do it. There's some people wish they could be blonde and they mad at somebody else for doing it. So they'll say, why the blonde um, got her hair blonde and she a black woman? Well, there are black people with blonde hair and Lenore has every right to do whatever she want to do with her hair. Mm-hmm. And if she want to wear three or four wigs within a day, she can do it. And Jay, just to add, I think um, I everyone, you are a work of art. Come on. What you about to say, Lamar? So to, to your statement, it may pivot a little bit my comment, but I think it's very important. Your foundation of love is a parable is just love in itself. And I think that it's very important for us to embrace and love ourselves. And anything that we do extra is just an enhancement. Or maybe we want to, you know, look girly or, or just glam up for a day or an event or whatever it may be. But I also think that it's very important that we encourage people to really love their flaws and all. And it kind of goes back to what was said earlier. 
we have to also embrace our weaknesses and our strengths. We have to embrace our success and our failure. There's always an opposite to something. And whatever that opposite is, we have to embrace it and love it because that's what makes us who we are. And that's what gives us the strength to move forward and to help other people embrace themselves. So I think that's very, very key, especially for women, because a lot, well, I'm going to speak for myself. A lot of women, <laughs> I still speak about women, but anywho, you got the point. <laughs> Sometimes they go through, I will say, situations where they're, they don't think they're pretty enough or they don't think they're, you know, slim enough. They just have like a lot of image situations or crisis. But it's very important as women as a whole, we encourage each other to love everything about ourselves. And right. For example, if I look at myself and I say, you know what, Lamora, you would look good on the hip side. Guess what I need to do? I need to pull myself away from the table. I need to stop eating so much sweets because I love eating sweets and do what I need to do to get to that point. But at the end of the day, I still say that we have to love everything about ourselves. And what we don't love, if we're able to change it, if it's in our you know, willpower to change it, then we can change it. So that's something that I want to bring out as, as, as well. I love, I, I love that you said that, Lenora. And I think also, too, when we think about loving ourselves, it's our whole selves, right? Right. So it's like, if I'm just loving part of myself, I'm not loving myself. <laughs> I'm loving part of myself. You know, and I think when we're talking about love here, how do we really truly authentically love another if we cannot love ourselves? And that's that's where we start to see where relationships that we that we may think are love or call love, you know, it's it 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 isn't totally that because each of us are still struggling totally accepting ourselves. And so we're not mm -hmm. going to be able to fully accept another until we've done that. Yeah. And I think I think you guys both make a great point. And I just as an example, like I have incredibly curly hair and I straightened it for years. And the first people to freak out when I stopped were family members, to be honest. It's like, oh, are you really oh that's looking a little wild or that's looking and it took a lot of courage for me to embrace who I was naturally. You talk about your organic self and loving yourself as who, you know who you are. I have every right to do whatever I want with my hair, but I hated it for so long and thought that it was not a part of me. It didn't make me feel beautiful. And to be able to, to come back and say, no, man, this is me. And this is me at my natural self. And I love it. And I embrace it. And I'm not just going to do that in my free time on the weekends when I'm not going to work or I'm not, I'm going to do that all the time. And I'm going to be me everywhere I go. And y'all are going to see it. And it's whether you think it's as attractive as me with straight hair or not is not my issue. That's on you. I love me and this is part of me. And I mean, it's a small example, but it's a big deal. And out in the world, it can make a big impact on how people treat you or, or respond to you and being able to be secure enough in yourself to say, well, if you don't like it, you can look somewhere else. I love it. I love me. Um, but it's not easy. And that's a great place to start. That's a great place to start. Because then if we can do that with absolutely everything that we stand yep. for, yeah. You know, where it's like, I'm I good agree. with you doing you, right? You do you, boo. You know, I'm gonna do me. And 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 I have absolutely no offense that I'm 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 carrying over if you're gonna do things differently. But that ownership, that level of ownership, I mean, I think it's so interesting how a lot of people say, oh, self-awareness is is where it's all at. I, I truly believe self-awareness is where we start. 
right? Yeah. And, and once we have developed a certain amount of awareness, we got to engage with that awareness. We got to try it on. We got to throw it up like spaghetti against the wall, see what sticks, see what falls down. And then right. we get new awareness and more engagement. But eventually when we can stand in that place you just talked about with your hair, you know, yeah. with all of our decisions on what's exactly. right for us, we've owned us, right? We've yeah. owned who we are and we can stand in that. And guess what? When we have that power that we're not giving away, because we're trying to make decisions based on what we think other people want from us or what we're being expected, what's being expected of us, then we're not giving that power away. We also don't have to have power plays to try to control as a surrogate, right? Ooh. When we try to control outside of ourselves, it's a surrogate for the fact we don't have self-control. Exactly right. We feel control right. and power within ourselves. Yeah, that's good because we teach them about people need to understand their jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. you, don't have, you don't have permission to trespass on me. If you don't like what I wear, you don't like what I do. That is my prerogative. And tr truth be told, imperfection is a construct because it only exists when making comparisons. Mm -hmm. You don't have those. How do you know you have them when you make a comparison? Right. right. You are perfect you by design. And so if somebody is telling you, you should do something better, there's no comparison to me. So I am the better. I am the best. There is no comparison. We have to really tell people to stay in their lane. And that's self-awareness. Self-awareness is telling people, man, you out of your jurisdiction. You can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to well. Myself. You can't even tell me how to talk. Because we living in a world where everybody gets off trying to regulate the actions, the thoughts, the appearance of other people. And that's not your prerogative. That's the most disrespectful thing you can do is overstep your bounds and go into a place and trespass on somebody else's identity. That's not your right. That's not your right. It's not. Are you are you recording this? Because I think most of what comes out of your mouth just needs to go somewhere on, right? you know, on a poster or something, a billboard. Oh, hello, like I need a mug. Swag after this conversation. You better get it. <laughs> it, does get, it does get recorded and downloaded, and yeah. So yeah, and that's part of the love is a pitiable curriculum. The mm -hmm. part. I remember that. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank I, you. I am. I'm crazy about that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we said the the prop the probability the prop the, prop, the problem is that we don't respect and love our fellow man. Once we learn how to love each other, things will begin to fall in place. Love can conquer all things. You know, we on that train. I ain't talking about the makeup artist. I'm talking about the person. That person is a makeup artist, Cher. Word. And I'm loving and loving ourselves. Help us wow. love others. Good. See? Mm -hmm. They all took the class. Look, now she's saying what you said, Lenore. <laughs> she was saying she agreed with what you were saying. <laughs> Embrace everything. However, different. That's what makes you. I agree, Lenore. Preach. Um, it says, pull all the way back from the table. Leave those tips in the cabinet. Learn how to love yourself before you can um, learn learn to love anyone else. Right. Let's see. I'm the better. <laughs> Don't trespass on my identity. You need a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. That's a t-shirt. Oh, big time. That is a big t-shirt. Okay, look, we got look, we only got time probably for 
One more topic. <laughs> so the other topic that we, I think it kind of goes into this anyway, is trust issues, how to heal and grow from it. Oh my gosh. And everybody's got one minute. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, define minute. You know, there's perspectives to this minute thing. <laughs> you want to take this one before you get it started? I mean, they better jump in. I mean, trust is trust issues. Go ahead, go ahead, Oh, now I'm gonna say. I mean, as far as trust issues, there, there's quite a few people say that they have trust issues. They don't trust anybody. That's that's my favorite one right there. I don't trust nobody, or I didn't trust people before, and it didn't work out for me. But it really, you know, you have people who are carrying the weight of a certain experience, um, or a certain interaction with someone, and they never really processed it and got through it and, and put it to rest. So they're carrying that. And infecting other people with that disease, you know, uh, my brother Jay tells me all the time: people who say that they don't like people or they don't or they don't trust anybody, they just need a hug. You know, saying they've been through some things, they just need someone. You know, they just they just need some love because that's what I think that it stems from. You know, you have trust issues because you got burned before, as we all have, and you just never got over it. And it's not to mean that people inherently are untrustworthy. It's the people that there's a certain group of people or person that you trusted and they, and they burnt you or there was a, a mismanaged or unmet expectation somewhere and you just never had either had a conversation and or got over it. And that's where the trust issues come stem from. And you haven't healed from it and you haven't grown from that experience. You're still in that in that stage of hurting, but you just put a, I don't know, a Band-Aid or a cover over it. And you walk around with it like this. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think trust, I don't think trust is, uh, is earned. I think it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We learn to trust or not. You know, we, there's a lot of things we can use. Our gut instincts, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of, of tools we have to figure out and make that choice. But when we're putting it on other people, you need to, you need to earn my trust. It's your job to do the work for me. I think that's where like you're talking about, you know, that projection based on our wounds. We're walking around like when you said, you know, we're projecting that. I mean, we're wounding others because we're putting that responsibility that's really ours. It's our choice on them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I always say with trust, I always start out with trust and it's more like you get a full bucket of this from me and you kind of chip away at it. So like I give you trust fully from the get go. I don't care who you are. You come to me, you need anything, you want anything, you want to have a conversation. I trust you fully until I don't or until you take that away or you lose some of that trust. And that's when I think you can build it back. That's when you come into that. We're now engaged in a relationship where you have maybe done something. I love Cordell, what you said about unmet expectations, because I really believe that's the core of a lot of our issues especially when we're talking about relationships with each other, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships. If you are not clear about your expectations or what you want from the other person and they're not giving you that, then yes, that might end up looking like a trust issue when in fact it's not, it's just a miscommunication essentially. So, and I really don't, I agree. I don't uh, believe in telling someone else you have to earn something from me. I say, I will give it freely until you give me a reason not to. And then you may have to work to get it back, but I'm always willing to have that conversation. And it's, it's served me very well. So with me, I trust people until they prove me wrong. 
Um, And I learned to heal from the situation because unforgiveness can be very detrimental after you have experienced betrayal on any level. It can be very detrimental and it will prevent you from growing and going forth in your life. Uh, However, I will say, as Tracy said earlier, you have to use that gut instinct. I would say all five of your senses, if you look wrong, smell wrong, feel wrong, then I'm just going to kind of back away from it. But I try to give, I attempt to give people the benefit of the doubt until they show me otherwise. And after that, then I will basically extend the olive branch mm-hmm. and feed them with a long handle spoon. That's how I will, you know, kind of give my little tips and nuggets on the topic of trust. Well, let's be honest. The issue with trust issues is the issue with trusting self. Mm-hmm. You're not really mad at that person. You're mad at yourself um and so you don't trust the decisions that you make so you build up a wall saying i don't trust people Mm -hmm. because if the people are removed you don't have to make the decision so you don't want people around because it holds you accountable for the decisions that you make the only thing that you can trust people to be is people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the issue that you have with yourself so when somebody if there's an expectation that's not articulated brother talked about that before it's your fault if somebody mismanages an expectation that you had that they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And you can't assume an expectation is there. You have to communicate like, now this is what happens. So when someone doesn't meet an expectation of mine, it's not a trust issue. It's a mismanagement of Jay. And you won't get the privilege of mismanaging Jay anymore. Mm-hmm. I still trust my trust. I just don't trust you with my trust. Mm-hmm. And I will remove you away so I won't have an issue with you because you made me second guess myself for that moment and that's my issue so since you violated me I can't be around you trust had nothing to do with that it was a decision that I made it was an opportunity that you had and you mismanaged that opportunity so you don't get the privilege of having an experience of Jay that's what the issue is with the trust so I can move on now saying, you know what? I'm not stupid. I articulated what the expectation was. They mismanaged the expectation. There's no healing because there's no real bruise there. You bruised yourself because now you're going to miss out on Jay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to carry what you did because that's not in my jurisdiction. That's the consequence of your action. So you carry your own way. And I'm going to move forward and I'm going to grow from this because I know several people that I can trust that won't mismanage Jay. Right. You just won't be part of the chosen few. Yep. And it's okay. And I'm going to be nice to you. But Jay, people do carry that hurt until they are ready to heal. Yep. Absolutely. They do. Right. Because we, 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 it goes back to what Tracy said about um, that surrogate. Mm-hmm. We try to hold people accountable for our misfortunes, meaning I offended you, but somehow it's your fault that I offended you. Yep. No, brother, you offended me. You carry that, and now you won't get to experience me until you deal with how you handle people. But we done tried to flip that thing and try to make other people feel bad about it. And so the reason why people can't heal is because we being bail hops for other people's emotions. And my job ain't being a bellhop. You check your own stuff in and let me move on. We got to give people back their weight. 
you mismanaged me. You disrespected me. So guess what? That's on you to carry. Mm-hmm. It ain't really an earn the trust. You got to earn an experience. See, when you don't have the experience, I detach my emotions from you. Mm-hmm. So the weight that you once had, the beauty of me carrying and caring about certain things are not there anymore. But I can still be in your presence and don't disrespect you. Mm-hmm. Because we only disrespect things we care about. We only get mad about things we care about. If I don't care about you and I don't have an attachment, there is no need to disrespect you because I don't care. So it's, I have one question real quick, and it's the word uh, expectation, because I've always felt like, you know, that's that leads to disappointment and that's on us. Right. We have the expectation. So right. it is is it's more a voc- vocalization of your wishes or your 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 perspective. Right. Yeah. Right. So when we're not communicating our perspective and, and what would work for us. Right. Then that's one thing. But I know I, I'm very careful personally about using the word expectation because I know that's on me. That's a setup as far as I'm concerned. If I have an expectation of other people that I'm setting myself up to possibly be disappointed because people, as you said, will be people and they may or may not be in a line with my expectation. Right. So that's going to set me up for disappointment. And then I'm trying to project that disappointment on other people, you Correct. know, that that's on me. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. It's um, and, and what I'm adding to that is articulate your expectation. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I sent you guys an email. That's my expectation. You could easily say, "Well, Jay, I'm not going to do this, 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 and that." And I have, guess what? At that moment, to say, "Well, if you don't meet this expectation, you don't be on the show, or if you're going to be on the show, I'll just mute you." Mm-hmm. We don't I do that. I, oh, sorry. I was going to say, I'm saying I try not to have expectations. <laughs> well, I think it's was- important to have limited right. expectations. I think when you're when you enter right. in, so we entered into a relationship with this. We made an agreement to come on this. Sh- that's a relationship on some level. And I'm saying that as as such, you expect that we come on, that we say certain things, that we respond to questions, and I don't just sit here and do nothing while I'm on the show. There are some expectations that make sense in that realm. I get that that word can be negative, but I think it's a right, it's a push right. and pull with boundaries. It's the same kind of it's the, the the opposite of boundaries. It's saying, well, this is what I won't allow versus this is what I would like to see, and it's a matter right. of articulating that. And you can call it perspective, you can call it expectations. I think that word gets a bad rap personally, but I think it's okay to say, hey, we're friends. This is kind of what I expect from my friends. Is that something that works for you? And allow that person to say, yes, it does or no, it doesn't. Okay, fine. But once we've entered into that relationship and you've made that clear, I think it's okay to expect that, you know, if I said I want to hear from you every week or I want to see, then then you said yes to that. That's an expectation that should be met because we agreed to that. So I think that it's it's unfortunate to pull away completely from that word, but I see where you limit that. And, and say, I'm not going to put a ton of expectations on somebody, especially not without articulating that. And I agree with what saying with that. Expectation is solely to the person, mm-hmm. not anybody else. And we teach that. And what I was saying is expectations are boundaries I put in place, me, to say, okay, if I meet this situation, how is Jay going to respond? Not how Tracy is going to respond. Mm-hmm. So the expectation is on me. And so I hear you loud and clear. And that's what we teach people. The problem is we have people assume that expectation is for the other person. Mm-hmm. It's not. 
It's really based off of your life experiences. You develop boundaries. Those are nothing more than expectations. And so you're saying, if I fall into this situation again, what will I do? What will Jay do? So the expectations come from, guess what? Previous experiences. So now you guys have an outline. So Jay will know. So Cordell will know if this thing happens, how are we going to respond? I see it as truth and understanding. You know, that's yeah. I, I don't use the word expectation the same way, but I completely concur with what you guys are saying as far as the understanding of what those functions right. mean. Because again, it's like for me, if I'm using the same word and sometimes it applies here and sometimes it applies differently, then it's confusing right. within my own vocabulary. You know, but I look at it as I have my truths, I have my understandings. Right. And they're mine. <laughs> I try to stay away from expectations because expectations, again, always set me personally up for disappointment, usually, because I have very high standards. <laughs> me too. Look, yeah, we, got, look, we got so many comments, guys. <laughs> it, 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 look, I don't know where. Um, so uh, we got to go. We can look at just like three pages. So let's. Um, Look here. Here it goes. Yep. The the where it says here's a hug. Yeah, oh, we stop below there. Yeah. Kim Kim person said here's a hug. I think that's from like the tail of when I was talking earlier. And Sam said thank you. Heal what hurts. Mm -hmm. There is a specific wound. Heal that. No magic potion to just heal. Heal it. Mm -hmm. Rashia said they just left it as an open wound, yep. and you have to heal. Tracy was talking about that earlier. Mm -hmm. And they said trust. I trust all people to give them the benefit of the doubt until they prove me wrong. You can't go around not trusting people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trust is definitely a choice. Yes, distrust hurts us just like choosing not to love. Talk to a therapist or Jaden Wayne. <laughs> Jaden Wayne. <laughs> it's levels to this trust. People have to earn my trust. That's what um, Sherry was saying. I trust, I require people to trust I'm being honest about consequences to any breaches. Yep. <laughs> Pain forces you not to trust, especially when it touches a spot within you. But understand your comeback will be the result of a clear expectation. Let's be honest. We deal, we all deal with some form of trust issues. And I don't think <laughs> we can't we can't pull all our confidence. We can't put all our confidence in man. When we do, we sometimes get disappointed and then our trust begins to become compromised. Kate, grown grown. <laughs> Therapists don't heal. Therapists guide up to your healing. Heal thyself. And that's coming from a therapist. Stephanie yeah. is actually a licensed therapist. Harold said it hinders relationships when you go around not trusting people. Yeah. Um, got that again. I don't know what he's clapping for. Heal thyself. Healthy self. Mm -hmm. Yes. Come on, therapist. <laughs> oh, let me see. Um, there shall be no experience of terror. Yeah, I like that one, bro. I gotta I'm gonna have to like kind of use that. Great one. response. People make excuses why they don't trust people. It's issues with oneself. Yeah, it's a yep. You don't trust you. So are you saying we should go around just trusting people? Yeah, trusting people to be people. Yep, exactly. That's it. Like yeah. um, like Tracy, there ain't no other expectation. Yeah. Let them people be people. 
Tell it, Lenora. Let's be honest. <laughs> Grow from it. You ain't the chosen few. <laughs> exactly. I'm going around trusting. I, I ain't going around trusting everybody. <laughs> Goodness gracious. There's a meme that says if you have to keep cutting people off, it's you. Yeah, look at the common denominator. Facts on top of facts. So we should trust everybody to be people. Trust people to be themselves. Yeah. That's not I don't, don't put nobody in cages. Right, exactly. Expectation is discussed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we do Tracy, we do spend a lot of time on that. Like we go back to it because we're like, hold on. We got pictures and everything yeah. for it. <laughs> Why would you trust anyone that didn't give you a reason not to tr- oh they have like brothers, brothers, yeah. trust as levels, trust has levels like love. You trust and love according to the relationship. You don't give everybody your debit card like pin number. Like I don't give everybody my debit card pin number. I don't yeah. give nobody it. Yeah. So I don't know. Swipe. Yeah. So my wife got her own card. <laughs> each to each is her own. I'm not going around trusting people. You can't even trust me. not having it. Hey. I don't believe we should go around expecting people to do anything because when they don't do what you expect, then it's an issue echoing what Tracy said. You go girl, love that, don't know who we talking about. Once we agree that, once we agree that's the expectation, if you breach that, there's an issue. Choices will be made. Expectations are boundaries I put in place to protect myself from mistrust. Speaking from experience, Tara gave a good word from the belly. Uh, I'll come on, look, they, they grill one another. I love y'all. Y'all supporting one another. Because <laughs> there's a lot of, I guess, different um, perspectives. perspectives trust trust. Diversity of perspectives. But I will just say that if, if you trust yourself and you trust your your gut instinct, you know, you won't like and like we said, trusting people to be themselves. If you trust yourself and your gut instinct, then you know what decisions to make. You know who you can and can't trust. Mm-hmm. So for you to say I'm not gonna go around trusting anybody means you're not gonna trust yourself either. Oh but I think a lot of people are saying, well, I think some people are saying that they just don't want to go around just I mean, I think they have to trust people, but they're just trusting individuals, as I stated earlier, until that person proves them wrong. Well, I think, go ahead, sir. Until that trust is basically, as Tara used the word, breached. And once Mm -hmm. it's breached, then then that's it. Well, and I'll say to that, that trusting people, I I think that people are, or some people are thinking of it in extremes. Trusting people doesn't mean you give them full access to your kingdom or your experience. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Just trusting people just means there's a certain level of there's a, there's grace there, okay. and that you're not expectations or you're putting hurt on them. But trusting people doesn't mean you get the full access to you, and you're basically out here just like verbally naked. That's an I think that people are taking it to an extreme when they say that. Just because it's I trust like an openness, people. it's being open to people, yeah. and being open just to let people like, in. But yeah, not an all access pass. So now you can yeah. have my pen, you can sleep on my couch. Like no, yeah. we're not talking that level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so just because I trust people doesn't mean they have full access to me. It means right. that I do trust them, but it doesn't mean that you know doesn't mean they have that full access to me in my experience. Like you but still have. People, what? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cordell. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. You, 
you still you still at the foundation people can't have real estate in your person or in your life that you don't give them so even if you trust them you can still revoke access to certain level or certain real estate within you so you still know who you can and can't trust that doesn't mean that they have full access to you it means that i trust you i may not want to give you access to this but i do trust you Every day you drive your car, every time you get on the elevator, you trust me. I think it's the viewpoint of the word trust. And as you say, say, some people view it as an all access to that individual. However, some people may feel like, okay, if I come to you in confidence and share something to share something with you, that's not giving that person full access, but that's confiding in them. And once that confidence is breached, then that's a lack of trust. So it may not necessarily be viewed from that standpoint as an all access standpoint, but it may be viewed from the perspective of I'm coming to you to share something in confidence. And then you basically go and you share it with someone else. I guess it's just based upon how you look at that word trust. Definition of. Well, how con- how open, how willing you are to be open to certain things. Cause we have an aperture that's different for different things in our lives. You know, right. we're, we're not all just, you know, big aperture for everything. And, and you know, it kind of reminds me of what Brene Brown said after her vulnerability TED talk, you know, where she's like, I think people are misunderstanding my concept of vulnerability. I'm not saying go, you know, put all your stuff on social media. That's not being right. vulnerable. That's being stupid, you know. And I think that that's the piece is like, how how are we looking at this? Is it is it just, you know, one size fits all definition, right? Or are there variables here? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. But let's be honest. let's talk about hard, the hard side of truth. You can share something with somebody in confidence, but as soon as you share that with them, that's part of their story and their legacy. So if they mismanage that story, you just know that they can't handle information. Mm-hmm. And so we start. No, they can't handle it. Trust me. No, I know now I can trust them to be that. It's like the crackhead cousin. You're going to trust that crackhead cousin to come and steal. So before he come, you put all your belongings up. Because why? Crackhead cousin coming. Trust him to be himself or herself. You put all your stuff up. You, you let the cousin come and eat and all that. Y'all be like, put your belongings up because so-and-so coming. You trust him to be him. Crackhead cousin. But it's a harsh reality, but we we struggle with accountability so much that we only want to give our punishment and judgments, but we don't want to deal with ourselves. The trust problem was with you. You trusted them. Mm-hmm. They ain't coming up to me on sign talking about trust me. You like, I feel like I can trust you. Like, think about it. We never sat down and said, Lenora, I can trust you. Right. It was there or it wasn't there. And we even have said in conversation, well, I know I trust you, so I can say this. I know I can trust you. I know that. I didn't put that on you. I know that. You could have been like, you can't trust me because I'm going to go tell your business. I didn't put that on you. I said, I can trust you. And that's the problem. So when you mismanage the trust that I gave you, it's really me. And I don't want to deal with me, so I want to be mad at Lenora. That's the hard reality. We talk about we want to be grown. Grown is dealing with you. Spank yourself when you want to spank somebody else. That's what being grown is really about. And it sucks. Major. Like paying that bill. That you don't even know how you got the bill. you like, how did it cost $50? I don't even know. Spank yourself. Bro. It's, a double, it's 
That's another T-shirt. I was going to say, there, there's a mug for you for sure. Look, guys, look, we about to go into the 30 It might be an hour and 30 minutes. Y'all stop it. Y'all are bad, bad guests. <laughs> <laughs> look, so it's Positive Brothers shout out. So I guess I'm going to have to get you guys back for round two of this. Y'all have been, it's been asked multiple times in the comments. So we're going to have to get a date where we're going to come back, save these topics, and revisit them, do round two. Deal? Deal. Deal. That's my expectation. Y'all coming. I knew it. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> so, Pocket Brother, shout out. Tracy, you start this time. Well, you know, this is not something current. This is actually the trajectory of my coaching career changed when I spent three years at Butner Federal Prison working in a men's transformational program there because, you know, I didn't. I had been working around boys for a very long time, but I did not know men until I spent time with these men. And, you know, an incarcerated man is a different is a different type of person. Um, and I learned so much. And these men open their hearts, open their truths, open themselves up. And that's why I now have a passion for helping men, you know, in high, you know, high level positions of power, because I know what can happen when they get lost. Um, because I learned it from these men. So I just want to give a shout out to all the men I worked with who, again, allowed themselves to be the guinea pigs to my learning. <laughs> and uh, just really pleased to be able to even say it. Okay. Oh, you're going to me next. Um, okay. Well, I had a list, but now I'm not really sure I want to go through the whole list. because It seems like it's ta we've taken up too much time. But I know one of the people I wanted to shout out was actually um, watching the show last week, I believe, uh, Pastor Holland. Um, is local to Fuquay, and I've recently met up with him, and the work that he does helping to empower young men in our community is really beautiful. Um, and so I have a lot of respect for him, and I a growing, I hope, relationship, working relationship with him. And a shout-out to uh, Mayor Gilbert of Apex. Um, Mayor Jacques Gilbert, I think, is going to be on. He's doing a state of the town for them coming up, and he was actually my ex-husband's first boss at Apex Police Department, and watching that man grow in a leadership role what he's done for the community there, his Blue Lights College to in, encourage people to go into law enforcement, especially right now, given the climate and how difficult it is, um, and to then become mayor. He became mayor at the same time I became ED at, um, at the, the chamber here. So we had a nice conversation. He called me and said, hey, how do you work with the town? And I said, I'll tell you all about it. You can tell me you know, what you're, what you're looking to do. And I have a lot of respect for him. So just shout out to those local men, leaders, and watching them grow and then reach back and help others grow. Awesome. Lenora, with the hair blowing. <laughs> so first, I want to give a shout out to my husband for being on the live tonight and yes. some good feedback to um, our conversation. I want to shout him out. Then I want to shout out my dad for just being a um, awesome uh, role model in my life. And also, I want to shout out my three brothers. I have three brothers. You got three brothers? Yes. I yes. want to yes. shout out five. Yeah, uh, you five, don't have Five, six. Uh. I guess six. Yeah. So let me start with the oldest one, which is Leo Dawson. I want to shout him out. I'm the oldest. Because even though we had some adversity situations, he just still loved on us. And um, I, I just want to shout him out and let him know I'm proud of him. I want to shout out my brother, Isaac. I'm proud of you too, bro. Yeah. So if y'all ever 
are in need of a mattress, hit him up. He's located here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I want to shout my baby brother, Joshua Dawson. He's a great guy, a motivator. Also, I call him my second uh, bodyguard. Y'all <laughs> understand why I refer to him as such. I also want to shout out my brother-in-law, Rogers. He was on tonight as well. Great guy. If you hit the stocks, he has a group called Trading with Rod. And I want to shout out Jay and Cordell. Thank you guys for having me on here tonight. <laughs> I'm really grateful. And I also want to shout out Kim's husband, Talmadge. Talmadge yeah. is also an extended brother as well. So those are the gentlemen right. that I want to shout out on tonight. That's what's up. You know what? Sherry values me as her brother. That's why I'm in her phone as Big Brother Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Uh, uh, first and foremost, definitely got to shout out to my brother Jay. Man, you know, Thursday is my second favorite day of the week, but it really, uh, doing Brother Empowerment has been really a blessing all my life. Um, and it's just been a wild, wild experience, and it's been amazing. So I really got to shout out Jay just because I always tell him his light shines very bright, like supernova bright. His light just shines so bright. And so it's really just dope just being around him and the fact that we are connected like we are and we're brothers is just, like, amazing. So I'm going to shout my brother Jay. And I got to shout out to all the brothers that came on tonight. Yeah. And I really lighten it up in the comments. Roderick, Harold, uh, who else? Rick. Rick. Ricky, yep. you know what I'm saying? Reginald, all the bros that were just in the comments, really just, or in the in the comment section, really just giving their input, um, you know, like, that's, we really, we love y'all, and we love the support, because we're a community, we're supposed to be doing this thing together, so that's what it's all about. And so, last two things, I say this, been saying this for a while now, I want to shout out to all the brothers that are really in the community, really stepping and really, you know, putting action into play, and not just talking and grandstanding and looking for attention, and kudos to stuff just because that's what's going to make the change happen is people actually doing stuff being boots on the ground actually doing things brothers like Kerwin who are you know sacrificing their time and you know their reputation and putting all and putting it on the line you know I want to shout out to those brothers just because they're being the change that they want to see and not everybody has that kind of fortitude so I want to shout out to those brothers and I also want to shout out to the brothers that are having the tough conversations with people whether it be for healing or to further relationships, to end relationships, to, you know, AKA police people, you know, I want to shout out to all those brothers because it's hard to trust yourself to be able to have those conversations without breaking because some of those things, some of those topics that brothers are holding on to are literally earth shattering and having those conversations is, is a testament to their strength. So I want to shout out to those brothers as well because it's not easy. Speaking from experience and speaking from the experience of talking to other brothers who've had those experiences, I know how devastating it can be and how life-changing it can be, but I also know how worth it it is when they have those conversations and it's and that experience is laid to rest and, and they've gone through it and on the other side of it. So yeah. Good? Yep. <laughs> Had to make sure. <laughs> well, definitely. Um, I'll only be echoing what you're saying, but bro, I really appreciate you um, for doing this. Like I told you, I would have never done this without you. Um, you, we went from perfect strangers to best friends, and I appreciate everything that you have done and helped us grow. Being a dope uncle to my children, my nieces—they're <laughs> expensive, but you still be paying the bill. I don't know how. So I definitely thank you. Um, I will be saying like Lenore brothers are my brothers mm -hmm. uh, from day one. Me and Joshua hit it off, 
and that's been my little brother too. And I thank them for their constant support, me and Isaac and all of them and Harold, Roderick, all of them. But most importantly, man, I just, I thank you guys today for being a gift to brothers. Mm -hmm. um, I talked to you guys individually through text message, email and everything. And I wasn't, I knew it was going to be powerful, but I didn't even have an expectation of how powerful it was going to be because I ain't know. But so many people needed to see this. Yeah. So many people needed to experience this. And I thank you for being that gift for men and their families tonight. Yep. Because a lot of times we assume that only men can pour into men when that's not true. Yep. Women can pour into men and do a bang up job doing it. And this is what we need to see when we talked about intergenerational, interracial deals with intersexual mm -hmm. as well. And this is what people need to see. Yep. We need to pour into each other and bring those diverse perspectives, those different foundations that we all have and truly build a community of humanity. Yep. So thank you for being that vessel to the men because that's the best gift I could give them. Yep. My brothers, my siblings, I love you. I appreciate all of you guys for being there for me and supporting um, and like we tell everybody, no matter of fact, you can't tune in next. Don't you don't tune in next week. Tune in tomorrow. tomorrow. Bad, yeah. Yeah. Tune in tomorrow. At six o'clock is yeah. gonna be a special brother empowerment. We're gonna be back tomorrow. But one thing that we say every week, if you feel like there's nobody in this world that care about you, you feel that you don't have anybody, you feel like nobody loves you, you just met five people who truly do. So we hope to see you guys next week. Take care. Bye, y'all. Yeah. Say, we good on this way. This positivity in the